0: book three section thirty two and thirty three of the world as will and idea volume one by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book three the world as idea second aspect section thirty two it follows from our consideration of the subject that for us idea and thing in itself are not entirely one and the same in spite of the inner agreement between kant and plato and the identity of the aim they had before them or the conception of the world which roused them and led them to philosophize the idea is for us rather the direct and therefore adequate objectivity of the thing in itself which is however itself the will the will, as not yet objectified, not yet become idea, for the thing in itself must even according to Kant, be free from all the forms connected with knowing as such, and it is merely an error on his part, as shown in the appendix, that he did not count among these forms before all others that of being object for a subject, for it is the first and most universal form of all phenomena that is of all idea he should therefore have distinctly denied objective existence to his thing-in-itself which would have saved him from a great inconsistency that was soon discovered the platonic idea on the other hand is necessarily object something known an idea and in that respect is different from the thing-in-itself but in that respect only it has merely laid aside the subordinate forms of the phenomenon all of which we include in the principle of sufficient reason or rather it has not yet assumed them but it has retained the first and most universal form that of the idea in general the form of being object for a subject it is the forms which are subordinate to this whose general expression is the principle of sufficient reason that multiply the idea in particular transitory individuals whose number is a matter of complete indifference to the idea the principle of sufficient reason is thus again the form into which the idea enters when it appears in the knowledge of the subject as individual the particular thing that manifests itself in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason is thus only an indirect objectification of the thing in itself which is the will for between it and the thing in itself stands the idea as the only direct objectivity of the will because it has assumed none of the special forms of knowledge as such except that of the idea in general that is, the form of being object for a subject therefore it alone is the most adequate objectivity of the will or thing-in-itself which is possible indeed it is the whole thing-in-itself only under the form of the idea and here lies the ground of the great agreement between plato and kant although in strict accuracy that of which they speak is not the same but the particular things are no really adequate objectivity of the will for in them it is obscured by those forms whose general expression is the principle of sufficient reason but which are conditions of the knowledge which belongs to the individual as such if it is allowable to draw conclusions from an impossible presupposition we would in fact no longer know particular things nor events nor change nor multiplicity but would comprehend only ideas only the grades of the objectification of that one will of the thing in itself in pure unclouded knowledge consequently our world would be a nunc stans, if it were not that as knowing objects we are also individuals that is, our perceptions come to us through the medium of a body from the affections of which they proceed and which is itself only concrete willing objectivity of the will and thus is an object among objects and as such comes into the knowing consciousness in the only way in which an object can through the forms of the principle of sufficient reason and consequently already presupposes and therefore brings in time and all other forms which that principle expresses time is only the broken and piecemeal view which the individual being has of the ideas which are outside time and consequently eternal therefore plato says time is the moving picture of eternity section thirty three since now as individuals we have no other knowledge than that which is subject to the principle of sufficient reason and this form of knowledge excludes the ideas it is certain that if it is possible for us to raise ourselves from the knowledge of particular things to that of the ideas this can only happen by an alteration taking place in the subject which is analogous and corresponds to the great change of the whole nature of the object and by virtue of which the subject so far as it knows an idea is no more individual it will be remembered from the preceding book that knowledge in general belongs to the objectification of will at its higher grades and sensibility nerves and brain just like the other parts of the organised being are the expression of the will at this stage of its objectivity and therefore the idea which appears through them is also in the same way bound to the service of will as a means mixani, for the attainment of its now complicated aims for sustaining a being of manifold requirements thus originally and according to its nature knowledge is completely subject to the will and like the immediate object which by means of the application of the law of causality is its starting-point all knowledge which proceeds in accordance with the principle of sufficient reason remains in a closer or more distant relation to the will for the individual finds his body as an object among objects to all of which it is related and connected according to the principle of sufficient reason thus all investigations of these relations and connections lead back to his body and consequently to his will since it is the principle of sufficient reason which places the objects in this relation to the body and through it to the will the one endeavour of the knowledge which is subject to this principle will be to find out the relations in which objects are placed to each other through this principle and thus to trace their innumerable connections in space time and causality for only through these is the object interesting to the individual that is, related to the will therefore the knowledge which is subject to the will knows nothing further of objects than their relations knows the objects only so far as they exist at this time in this place under these circumstances from these causes and with these effects in a word as particular things and if all these relations were to be taken away the objects would also have disappeared for it because it knew nothing more about them we must not disguise the fact that what the sciences consider in things is also in reality nothing more than this their relations the connections of time and space the causes of natural changes the resemblance of forms the motives of actions thus merely relations what distinguishes science from ordinary knowledge is merely its systematic form the facilitating of knowledge by the comprehension of all particulars in the universal by means of the subordination of concepts and the completeness of knowledge which is thereby attained all relation has itself only a relative existence for example all being in time is also non-being for time is only that by means of which opposite determinations can belong to the same thing therefore every phenomenon which is in time again is not for what separates its beginning from its end is only time which is essentially a fleeting inconstant and relative thing here called duration but time is the most universal form of all objects of the knowledge which is subject to the will and the prototype of its other forms knowledge now as a rule remains always subordinate to the service of the will as indeed it originated for this service and grew so to speak to the will as the head to the body in the case of the brutes this subjection of knowledge to the will can never be abolished in the case of men it can be abolished only in exceptional cases which we shall presently consider more closely this distinction between man and brute is outwardly expressed by the difference of the relation of the head to the body in the case of the lower brutes both are deformed in all brutes the head is directed towards the earth where the objects of its will lie even in the higher species the head and the body are still far more one than in the case of man whose head seems freely set upon his body as if only carried by and not serving it this human excellence is exhibited in the highest degree by the apollo of Belvedere, the head of the god of the muses with eyes fixed on the far distance stands so freely on his shoulders that it seems wholly delivered from the body and no more subject to its cares end of section thirty three recording by expatriate in bangor maine